Sidekick Family Hour. I'm your host, Ryan Van Biver. With me, as always, Stephen White. Hey, Stephen, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. How about you? Oh, not too bad. I'm just trying to get all, excuse me, caught up on the um, trade frenzy in the NFL this last week. Yeah, everybody's kind of getting in on it, too. It's busy, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it, these aggressive general managers. I Men, you used to never see NFL trades. I mean, or very rarely. Or, or if there were, they were like kind of draft, you know, just for like to move around in the draft kind of thing, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Some of these are pretty interesting, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess let's start with the the one the Rams made yesterday, because that's to me that was not as that's not the headliner trade from yesterday. To me, that's still Michael Bennett. But let's just—I think the Rams one is a good place to start because I think they traded Alec Ogletree to the Giants. Obviously, the Giants have a new coaching staff, new general manager. Ogletree had a pretty sizable contract. It was his. Um, he just signed an extension last year. Pretty big extension for a linebacker, too. But didn't have the best season. Just didn't seem like a fit necessarily with what the Rams were trying to do there. And also, you know, clearing out cap space, I think, um, to do the smart thing and, and re-sign Aaron Donald to what he rightly deserves. Right. I, well, um, I think, too, maybe they felt like... Uh... Alec Ogletree wasn't uh, as important to their defense anymore now that they're running yeah. a little bit more 3-4 and stuff like that too. So um, he had been a 4-3 guy, and I assume they're still going to run a 4-3 in New York. So uh, that might have been part of it too. Yeah. Yeah, and like Gettleman, like Gettleman, I for, I didn't realize this till yesterday. I'd kind of forgotten about it, but like Gettleman obviously has that background with the Panthers as general manager. And, you know, like linebackers have always been kind of a thing for them, too, you know. And Ogletree, he didn't do it well last year, but in the past he's been a pretty good, like, outside linebacker in, you know, that 4-3 defense. Right, he's been at least decent, um, good, you know, hard-nosed player. Yeah. Uh, brings it. And I just, you know, I don't know about uh, the contract situation as far as, you know, what's overpaid or what's not at this point. But I do think they're getting a quality player. So I, I don't think anybody will, you know, be upset about the fact any Giants fans will be upset about the fact that they drafted for Ogletree. Yeah. He just probably came, you know, a little bit expendable and maybe a little bit uh, uh, too costly uh, in that 3-4 defense that, that uh, they're running now uh, 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 with the Rams. So, yeah. You know, maybe, and it just takes different body types sometimes. Yeah. So you can be kind of a, a smaller guy and be a four three linebacker, but and at three four, they usually need for you to be a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. bulkier guy. And so, like I said, I mean, I think a lot of this just makes sense from a fit standpoint. Uh, it didn't appear to work out well for for Ogletree last year in that defense. So maybe he can kind of get everything kickstarted again when he goes back up to New York. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the Giants do this offseason, too, because obviously they've got, I mean, with a new coaching staff, you're going to have some roster turnover. And I guess, like, not to get too into the particulars of the salary cap, because that is seems always to be a little more flexible than it seems, but 
they you get like I mean now they don't have a ton of cap space left because Ogletree's contract I think it had like an eleven million dollar or so twelve million dollar cap hit, so that cut their available space by about fifty percent, which kind of makes you wonder if there's going to be a subsequent move with Eli Manning coming. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not sure about that. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do this offseason. I think they probably should hang on and maybe draft a guy, but we'll see. Uh, we we got plenty of time to talk about the draft. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, you know, it, there's just no way to know with the new regime yeah. how they're going to go about that, especially how they ended the season last year so disastrously, you know, benching Eli for mm-hmm. just no apparent reason. And then, you know, those guys got kicked out the door, so – you know, it, it's just no way to know, um, you know, what their level of loyalty to be will be to Eli now, or or just, you know, how they feel about the direction of uh, the franchise. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, even if you're going to stick with Eli, you, you may feel like, well, we know he won't be here long term, and you know, let's go ahead and get a guy here who can we can start molding to come after him. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, how it all plays out. But I, I guess too, like there was some talk yesterday, the Rams are still want to try to sign Sammy Watkins, who's uh, the receiver headed headed for free agency this year. So we'll see if that uh, if they get that done or not. I mean, it makes sense yeah. from their standpoint, but but I also felt like they didn't really utilize uh, Sammy Watkins uh, to his strengths last year. They kind of just used him as a deep ball guy yeah. for much of the season until Robert Woods got hurt, and then all of a sudden they started, you know, using him on the shorter routes. And lo and behold, you know, here's a guy that can make a lot of plays for you if, just, if you just get the football in his hands. You don't have to keep trying to, you know, throw deep balls, which aren't usually high percentage plays in the first place. Yeah, he can do he can do that too. But you know, give him some quick slants, let him get the ball in his hands and get rolling, and he can do that well too. So. Um, you know, I do wonder what what they feel like he is to them, how how valuable he is uh, based on his film last year versus what he actually could do mm-hmm. when they started getting him the football. Like, do they look at it as if, you know, with Robert Woods back healthy, they won't need him to do those things? Or will they start incorporating more of that into the offense even when Robert Woods is healthy? And they're both out there at the same time. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I, I still... Uh, have a very high opinion of Sammy Watkins. I feel like he can do everything you want him to do. You want you will want a wide receiver to be able to do. Um, but he he's just you know between Buffalo and last year with the Rams, it just seems like teams have a hard time freaking out what they want to do with him. Yeah. So uh, that, I, I think that'll be interesting to see. I really want to see what his market is. You know, let him test the market and see what other teams think about him and and how they view him and how much money they're willing to throw at him because, you know, you just never know. Yeah. Uh, you look at it, prime example, the Bears letting Alshon Jeffrey walk last year, right? Yeah. And then he goes up there and balls <laughs> out in fifth. So, yeah. you know, one man's – and nobody thinks that Sammy Watkins is trash, but, you know, the saying one man's trash is another man's treasure. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see if he does hit the open mark, which it looks like he will at this point. Because I think they tagged. Uh, they tagged Joiner the safety. 
doing it right instead. And so he's going to hit the free market. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what teams are willing to throw at him. Because I, I really just think he's a fantastic guy that hasn't necessarily been in a situation yet in his career where a team really knew what to do with him. Yeah. And I've seen some, and I don't know how much, you know, it's just, it's rumor season this time of year, so I don't know how much stock to put in it. But, like, you have seen some, like, buzz that the Carolina Panthers are interested in Sammy Watkins if he becomes a free agent. And by all accounts, he will be a free agent. So that's a potentially interesting fit, too, because they have a need there. So, Well, it, it makes sense from the standpoint of they keep saying they want uh, to get faster yeah. at wide receiver. If you remember last year, that was why they traded away uh, Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah. They, they, they felt like he couldn't really take the top off the defense. I disagree with that. Because, you know, you can do that with height sometimes as much as you can do it with speed. Um, force them, force teams to keep a double team over the top of you. Uh, but, you know, with Sammy Watkins, he does have that nasty speed. He can get down the field in a hurry. But I feel like, again, he, he's also a guy that can make a lot happen if you get the ball to him on short routes as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I, I think that that's an intriguing possibility. I think he, we don't really know <laughs> – what they're going to do quite yet in, in Carolina with Noah Turner as yeah. offensive coordinator. We don't, we don't really know how that's going to work with Cam and, and how it's going to go. But, shit, I, you know, most teams could, if they could afford it, would like to have Sammy Watkins on their team. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really anybody should. But it's one, that's one thing to say, another thing to do. So... <laughs> Oh, let's see. The other big trade yesterday was uh, Michael Bennett to the Eagles. After being sort of rumored to be in the mix with the, you know, you saw his name in the in the rumor mill being connected with the Falcons, but the Eagles and the Patriots apparently were interested and made an offer too. But um, interestingly enough, it was the Eagles that landed Michael Bennett. I think it's a good move. Well, I think it's a great move for uh, Philly. Uh, they were probably already going to let Bennett Curry walk. Uh, because they already drafted Derrick Barnett last year kind of to be his his replacement this year anyway. But now you bring in Michael Bennett, and that defensive line, even with Curry Walken, may actually be stronger this year than it was last year if all these guys can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, Bennett is like a chess piece. Uh, the, the thing of it is, you, people don't look at it this way, but it's the truth. Like, Michael Bennett was kind of like the crash test dummy on early downs for the Seahawks. Yeah. Like, you know, he's he's this guy that he's not 300 pounds or anything, but they would throw him inside, and he's having to take on double teams and stuff just because he's such an explosive guy and he just makes things happen that, he, you know, he's able to go in there inside and, 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 you know, whether he makes the play or he blows the play up and allows the linebacker to come over the top and make those plays – but that's a lot on an undersized guy. He he's not, you know, undersized for defensive end. Right. But playing, you know, so much inside, he, he's not, you know, a three hundred pound guy. So the fact that he'll be able to rotate in a rotation, rotate, rotate in a rotation, <laughs> rotate, you know, with a bunch of other guys, and and he won't have to, you know, take on such a huge load as far as stopping the run too. Mm-hmm. He, they could just kind of put him anywhere they want to. On passing downs and stuff like that, man, that dude could be like the big joker, basically. Yeah. Just move around, and you, you you still got a bunch of talent 
up front anyway, right? And then you add that guy that, that can kind of just, you know, you line him up in nose tackle sometimes, and, and, and he can explore the weakness there. Yeah. And, and he's going to have fresh legs because, again, he's not he doesn't have the whole weight of the defense on him every play. You know, when when Bennett would go out of the game for the Seahawks, you know, it, you could tell the difference, right? Mm-hmm. Like he would try to rush and get back in there whenever a team started uh, uh, moving the football because it just it, it, the intensity just wasn't the same. The guy just plays out of his mind every single play. Yeah. But now, you know, with that weight lifted off of him where he doesn't have to be the man every single play, I mean, look, that defensive line is scary. And like I said, it, it, they definitely helped them get to and win the Super Bowl this year. And to think that just to believe that they could even be stronger next year, I mean, yeah. that's amazing. And that's before <laughs> you even get to, of course, the the the, uh, the fact that you know these guys are socially aware uh, mm-hmm. on the Eagles and, and and in the community, and Michael Bennett will fit fit right in with that kind of. Uh, uh, stuff off the field and, and camaraderie, camaraderie and stuff like that. You know, he, this is not his ro- first rodeo. He played in Tampa, so he's been on other teams before. Yeah, he knows how to, to fit in into a locker room. And I just feel like it's a fantastic trade for them. It is kind of the changing of the guard for Seattle. Of course, uh, they're kind of getting rid of everybody now on that defense, and it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. This whole remodel of that defense or whatever you want to call it, reloading or rebuilding, it'll be interesting to see the kind of success they can or can't have when they're kind of moving all these guys off that defense and, and maybe making way for more talent on offense to surround uh, yeah. Russell Wilson. Well, I was going to say that's kind of, to me, like, you know, obviously it's a great fit for the Eagles and the Eagles just like, you know, even if they lose Vinnie Curry, they, you, you get Michael Bennett in there and, and it's still like, man, talk about the rich getting richer, and it's an awesome fit. But, uh, you know, you got to with, with the, I think the more interesting thing to me, like you're talking about the Seattle thing. Like this is going to be, like Seattle is going to be a different looking and feeling team going for. I mean, you know, I've seen, you know, three or four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten pieces about the end of the Legion of Boom, and that's, you know, obviously going to happen now. And I think with injuries, we haven't really seen the Legion of Boom like we kind of got used to seeing it anyway. Sherman was injured last year. Earl Thomas was injured, and he's still there. But like now, there's rumors that they'll trade him for the right prize too. But I, I, obviously, that would take a lot. But you know, they re-signed Cam Chancellor, and he was he, he's dealt with some injuries recently too. But like, it looks like to me like two things with Seattle. Like they're obviously clearing out space for more offense, and like and and. It's more going to be Russell Wilson's team, I think, than the defensive identity team you've seen there in the past. And not just on the field, but kind of maybe a little bit in the locker room, too, you know? Like, you remember all those stories about sort of the the tension and divide, and how much weight to give that, I don't know. But, like, I mean, I think it's sort of unquestionably Russell Wilson's team going forward, and that's an interesting, going to be a different approach, too. Right. And the thing of it is, is... Uh... It's been hard to really evaluate uh, how good Russell Wilson is or how important he is to the success in Seattle because that defense has been so dominant. We're just used to them being dominant. Last year, when they had a bunch of injuries, all of a sudden their defense 
wasn't able to stifle people and shut them down the way they once yeah. had. And the Seahawks didn't have the same amount of success as the team. Yeah. And so on the one hand, it's like, okay, yeah, they're turning over the reins to Russell Wilson, but there's a bunch that we don't know, right? Just how you know much will this defense fall off? They, they're going to have a new coordinator, I believe, yep. and a bunch of new faces up front, not just you know, replacing, you know, a guy, you, you're replacing Michael Bennett. That that guy's been pretty much the heart and soul of that defense, yeah. at least up front for the last, how how long? Five five years or so? Yeah. Maybe a little bit more. And and so you're replacing more than just his play on the field, you know. And, mm-hmm. and the same way we're talking about Cliff Averill may not be able to play anymore. Yeah. Cam Chancellor, they still don't know if he'll be able to play. Those are also two guys who were leaders and really good players for them. Yeah. Now Earl Thomas, maybe. Uh, it looks like Sherman is out of the door. And those guys collectively were, you know, were one of the strongest teams on defense as far as having guys who could step up in the moment, mm-hmm. who could step up and lead everybody else, not just make plays, but inspire each other and keep each other in check. You know, we've seen we've seen the videos that those guys arguing on the sideline, and somebody, yeah, somebody, and it and it was always somebody different each time. Gets them together and calms them down, and and they go back out there and they get their shit together. Mm-hmm. And so now it's not one of those guys missing, not two of those guys missing, but almost half the defense is gone. Yeah, your defensive leaders, and, and so a team that's been so reliant on their defense. Now, it's not just that you're turning over the the range to Russell Wilson, but what are you going to surround him with? Because part of the selling point for the Seahawks, not investing enough in the offensive line, obviously. Yeah, they had some draft picks, but they didn't really turn out so well, did they? (laughs) You know, but but, what are you going to do about that offensive line? What are you going to do about getting him uh, uh, more uh, uh, legit, weapons on offense not just guys that are okay i'm talking about people who inspire fear in opposing offense Mm -hmm. right because if you don't do that with the money that you're saving from shipping these other guys out or letting them walk then what's the point yeah because like i said the whole the whole selling point has been well you know they can't really invest in offense so russell wilson has just had to has to make do uh, and the defense will kind of save the day or keep them in it every game. Yeah. You can't really make that kind of claim anymore. So now, and, and this is not just in theory, this is in truth, now you're going to have to try to run up the scoreboard a little bit. Now you're going to have to try to find a way to have an offense that can put a lot of points on the board because you're not going to win a lot of games, you know, 21 to 17 anymore, especially not in this day and age, age in the league. Mm-mm. You got the Rams <laughs> in, in your division – that led the league in scoring last year. Yeah. Now, you know, and, and uh, the, the Cardinals are probably going to bounce back. And this is just in your division. So, I mean. Uh, 49ers don't look too shabby either. <laughs> with, with Garoppolo, you're going to have to score points now. Yeah. This is not, you know, one of, it, it, all of those teams were, were, were kind of relying on their defense for a while. That's not really the case in that division anymore let alone the rest of the NFL. Yeah. So now that you just shipped all these defensive players out of there who, like I said, were not just really good players for you, but also really good leaders for the whole team. 
now you can't just just say that you're turning the reins over to Russell Wilson. You actually have to invest yeah. around him. Okay, you're making the choice to to shift the burden to him. Give him more tools to be successful with then. And then you can win games, you know, 45 to 38. Yeah. But but if you don't, then it's not really going to be fair to Russell Wilson because now you're asking him to go out there and win games with the same cast of characters basically around <laughs> yeah. him, but a much yeah. worse defense. And yeah. you know all those people who love using quarterback wins as oh, a stack. Yeah. <laughs> was jump all, all over there. See, see, he wasn't that good to begin with. Well, now you you giving him the same fucking tools to try to win games, but you lessen the other side of the ball. Yeah. So, like I said, it'll be interesting to see. Okay, with this money that you're saving or whatever, we had better see some major upgrades on offense around Russell Wilson, or else what the fuck are you doing this for in the first place? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I just I can't imagine it. That they would like have the gall to start the same offense. Oh no! Good news, everybody. George Fant's back. We're really confident about where we're going with the offensive line this year <laughs> to start the 2018 season. Man, I'd hate to be a Seahawks fan if that happened. Right, and and, and because you're gonna right. go from always being in the game to being miserable because you you're not just gonna lose. You're gonna get your ass kicked <laughs> if if yeah. if they don't put better weapons around Russell Wilson, you know, and I'm not saying that all of their talent is going on defense. They have some young guys oh, that probably yeah. step up too, but it's just not going to be the same. It's not. You know, everything has kind of been turned over there anyway. They got a new offense coordinator, new defense coordinator. Uh, they're going to have a bunch of new players on defense. And most of this offense, so far at least, has been them losing players or, you know what I'm saying, like getting rid of players Rather than pulling better players in, yeah. Most most of the team we're talking about, they've been trading for good players, you know, trading for uh, the the Rams defensive end, you know, the Miami uh, uh, traded for him, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. But in this case, the Seahawks have kind of been like having a yard sale, getting you know, everybody can get it on defense at least. Yeah. You know, who who you want? Who you got? And, and so, what are you gonna do with that now? What, what, with the money that you save, the cap space you save, what have you? How are you gonna invest that on offense so that it makes sense? Because otherwise, like I said, it remains to be seen how they're gonna manage to be successful with all of this change. Change just for the sake of change is never good, in my opinion. Yeah, you change with a, a, you know with a thought process and a plan in mind of how you're going to make that change. And so I'm just still waiting, you know, once free agency hits, once the draft comes, how they plan on changing the makeup of this team to be more offense-driven rather than defense-driven. Yeah. Yeah, it's a... They're going to... I mean, they they just have to. And, like, there's even been some talk. I don't, like, you know, like I say, you never know what the rumor shit going on this time of year, but, like... Even some talk that they might try to re-sign Jimmy Graham and stuff. But, like, I guess if, if they don't do something about that offensive line, it's just going to be, forget it, man. Because <laughs> it's like, woo, what a what a, what a hole of a, in the roster that has been for them. Right. One way or another. I, look, just find a way to fix it. Find a way to fix it. You, you could have got a guy like uh, Fisher to play left tackle last year. That's what the Rams did in your own division. And look what a difference that made. 
just showing up the left tackle position. Yeah. You know, and, and, and of course they already have traded for a left tackle this uh uh last year, getting Dwayne Brown in there. But he's getting on up there in age. Yeah. You know, even if he works for this year, how many more years does he have in the league? Yeah. Really? And so they need an overhaul up front yeah. on, on the offensive line. They need to get more play playmakers on on at the skill positions as well. To me, I feel like they need to find a way to get a big receiver with a you know big catch radius too, because that gives Russell Wilson a whole lot more uh, leeway on his throws. You know, whenever you have a guy that you know, I don't have to be perfect on this throw. That's a huge deal. But for the most part, since Russell Wilson's been in the league, he's been throwing to a bunch of, I won't say midgets, but very average sized receivers. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have that 6'4 guy that can go up and get it for him. It was supposed to be Jimmy Graham, but then they decided to make him a blocking tight end <laughs> yeah. for some reason after they traded for him, which is the most ridiculous thing <laughs> ever. And, and I can't imagine that Jim, uh, Jimmy Graham would want to resign with them just so they didn't know what the fuck to do with him. I know they got a new offense coordinator, and, well, and maybe they'll figure it out now. Huh? Not just any new offensive coordinator. They got they got Brian Schottenheimer. Right. So, yeah, take that with a grain of salt. Like, how much better do you really think it's going to get? So, uh, I, who knows, man? But if I'm Jimmy Graham, I, I'm at least trying to see if there's a team out there that knows how to use a tight end like him rather than yeah. re signing with Seattle. Yeah. And then what you're going to do? I mean, it, you know, it's not like they fell in the football really anyway. No. But now, if he's not on offense again. What are you going to do with all this cap savings and, and, and money savings from letting, you know, trading a guy like uh, Michael Bennett or, uh, you know, releasing or trading uh, Richard Sherman? What are you going to do to improve that offense? Because otherwise, it's going to get real ugly on that team this year. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Ooh, oh, man. It, it could real, real fast. Man, we got we got free agency next week, and and you know what? I had to stop and like, I, I it seems like it happened a year ago, but it just ended on Monday. It was the combine? I can't believe it just ended on Monday. It seems like <laughs> it happened so damn long ago because everything else has happened since then, but it hasn't. Like we haven't had a podcast since the combine ended, and boy, what an exciting weekend of combining it was. Well, maybe not really, but there was some interesting stuff to come out of the combine i thought that was a you know obviously saquon barkley had a pretty good pretty good weekend um in indianapolis um shaq griffin surprised a lot of people i mean the college football fans that that i talked to kind of already knew that he was really good and i think now he introduced himself to the nfl world with his performances 20 reps on the bench press with a prosthetic left hand that's pretty impressive yeah, and I think that uh, what he showed athletically yeah. at the combine, as well as, um, like you said, the the twenty bench press bench press reps, assures that he at least gets drafted. Uh, there's no telling how high he'll get drafted. But here's a kid that was like the conference defensive player of the year, uh, and you know made a bunch of plays for UCF. 
Mm-hmm. But the, the the not having a hand, that obviously was a concern for a lot of people. He played in the senior bowl and de- did pretty decent there. But the fact that you have a guy that is that fast at that size, mm-hmm. it's like you're going to find somewhere for him at least on special teams. Yeah. Because he can be a difference maker on special teams. But you may find a way for him to play on defense as well. Yeah. One of the big things will be trying to figure out which position, which position to play him at. You know, he did a lot of pass rushing and stuff, but he's – I think he weighed around, you know, in his 230s or something like that. So he's also played some linebacker that I think he wants to work out a defensive back as well. Mm-hmm. You know, where will you play him? Will you play him, you know, as a big safety sometimes? Will you play him as a, a, a nickel linebacker or something like that? I think he could do those things. Surprisingly, the little bit of the, of him that I've seen on tape, yeah, he doesn't get stuck on a lot of blocks. He's able to get off the blocks, yeah. even though he doesn't have but one hand, which is, you know, if that's if you're looking at something that will be the big concern about him only having one hand, it's usually that being able to uh, uh, get extension and get off of blocks when you got a big offensive lineman coming at you or a fullback or something of that nature – but it, it, I haven't seen him have any problem with that in college, at least. So, like I said, I mean, you, you just feel good for the kid because you know he, he's 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 uh, kind of been doubted the whole way. Mm-hmm. There was some question as to whether or not he was going to be invited to uh, the combine at all, and so for him to go out there and have that kind of performance where. Like, literally, there's no way, there's no excuse you can use anymore. You know, well, yeah. I don't think he can lift weights. I think some GM told him he would be surprised or he would be, uh, you know, impressed if he could bench press 225 five times. Yeah. Well, he does it 20. He does it more than one of the top-rated uh, offensive linemen in the draft, and we'll, we'll get to him in a minute. Uh, <laughs> Orlando Brown's son, I don't listen. But... Uh, <laughs> But he, you know, he got more bench press reps than him. Yeah. And now he runs, you know, uh, uh, I believe it was ended up being the fastest time for a linebacker. Yeah. Uh, at the combine. Yeah. And, and, and so again, he's basically that kind of performance is one where you say it, it's not just that he's okay or he's, you know, that's an announcing type of a performance where you say. You will not be able to disregard me. You will not be able to overlook me because I'm going to make plays for somebody. Obviously, if I can lift this much, if I can run this fast, if I'm this agile, if I can jump this high, you can find a way to make plays for me. And there'll be a team out there who will. Somebody's going to take a chance. It's just a matter of how early will they do it now. Yeah. And and, and I'm sure that performance made a lot of teams go back and watch more film on the guy just because, like I said, I mean, there's no doubt. There's some teams, are, you know, are skeptical whether or not he could play in the NFL simply because of his hand. Yeah. But he's shown at every stop so far that he's not going to let there be a hindrance for him. And it's huge. His twin brother already plays for the Seahawks. Yeah. So, you know, you already know that uh, playing in football is at least in his blood. His twin brother <laughs> already showed you that. I think they ran like identical – for uh 40 times as a mm-hmm. matter of but his brother plays defensive back yeah and he played more you know linebacker and stuff like that in college so um again you know if he goes out there and runs a four six or if he benches it 10 times 
it's much easier for people to kind of make excuses why they don't want to get him. Now he's giving them excuses to want to get him, and that's a huge deal for him. I, you yeah. know, I, my hat's off to him. Yeah. You know what else stood out about the combine to me was I, I feel like this was a pretty fast group of defensive linemen, especially interior defensive linemen. Like Deron Payne from Alabama goes, I mean, not to just, I mean, I don't want to over put too much stock on 40 times because they're just 40 times. It's not like it's not the make or break thing for a defensive lineman. But like, I mean, Deron Payne runs a 491, Vita Vey runs a 511, which is, you know, 511 for a guy that weighs 340 some pounds. That's pretty good. <laughs> I felt I mean, like this a, is a fast fucking group. Well, I thought everybody was kind of fast, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, nobody was necessarily that Dion fast in any group, but, I mean, right. a lot of those guys ran good time. You you go all the way to the quarterbacks, and yeah. Josh Allen ran like a 4-7 or something like that. Yeah. And trust me, guys his size normally don't run that fast uh, in the 40. So... Just by and large, this was a very athletic group. I thought I'm, I'm watching, and, and usually, I mean, again, aside from Orlando Brown, who <laughs> could have been timed on a sundial, everybody else, I just was like, look at all these times. I, I kind of thought when the official times came out, some guys would be disappointed because they would be downgraded a little bit. But no, those, those unofficial times are pretty consistently close, if not spot on, to the official time. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it just defensive line, linebacker, you look at uh, 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 Marcus Davenport. <laughs> you know, he, this kid yeah. is 6'6", six, six, and over 260 pounds run a sub 4'6". <laughs> uh, uh, the guy already did, Bradley Chubb, runs like a 4'6'1". Yeah. So, just all of those guys, man, right together, running, you know, round 4'6", a little bit less or what have you was very impressive to me. Like you said, the Deron Payne thing, uh, running sub 4-9. I still haven't been able to watch him on tape yet. Mm -hmm. But just showing that all these kids have a bunch of physical ability, uh, saw a bunch of uh, the smaller guys, you know, with the 41-inch vertical leap, Saquon uh, 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 Barkley, as you alluded to earlier, had just an amazing workout. You know, one of the best numbers uh, uh, overall that I've seen in a long while. Yeah. So just, you know, I don't know who these kids are working out with these days or preparing them, how they're preparing themselves for the combine. But it, it was impressive to see all of every group just had a bunch of guys that were running good, man. Yeah. Except for Orlando Brown. <laughs> and not I mean, like, he, he, it kind of made it worse, I guess, that he was such a big outlier. <laughs> Like historically bad and almost like, I mean, I think it was the fifth worst 40 time, the position worst broad jump. I mean, like his, like his numbers ranked in like the bottom five of like almost every category in the history of the combine. Right. And that's never what you want to be known for is the worst (laughs) in any category. Right. But in multiple categories, absolutely (laughs) not. There's just, it, because then it begs the question of what the hell have you been doing? Yeah. I mean, to run you got to understand, man, there's been huge offensive linemen come through the combine. I don't remember any of them running a 5-6. Yeah. And it, y'all have seen some that look so fast, look like I could have beat them right now <laughs> running backwards. <laughs> yeah. But I swear it looks like Orlando Brown was actually running backwards 
when he was running his 40. That's how slow he was running. Yeah. Like the earth was moving faster than him. Yeah. That, that was just shameful. Like, yeah. I, and I don't know what he did. Like I said, to me, it's, it's even more than the workout itself, right? Yeah. Like I look at it and, and he gets 18 reps or whatever on the bench and he runs a five, six and he, you know, barely, I don't even know if he was able to, to hit any of the bars on the vertical leap, right? <laughs> but, but okay, yeah, I'm saying, well, maybe he's not that strong. Maybe he's not that fast. Maybe he can't jump that high. But what I'm really thinking in my mind is, what in the hell has he been doing since the end of the season till now? Yeah. Because I, it's just hard for me to believe that you've been working out and working hard, knowing that you got this huge workout to do that is basically going to be your resume for these teams. Yeah. And that was the best that you could do. That is concerning in and of itself because it, it either this is just who he is as an athlete. He done worked his ass off, but this is the best that he can do. Yeah. Or when he's faced with the prospect of going on a big stage and performing, he just sat on his ass and didn't do anything. Yeah. So, um, you know, you almost would rather hear that it really was his best than the other. Yeah. But how but how do you say that? Because that, that's tricky too, because <laughs> I mean, you call on look, I, I done said before, these workouts are only tell you so much. Yeah. Right? They only tell you so much. I don't give a damn, you know, as people think, well, a broad jump tell you this, or a vertical leap tells you that, three cones tells you this. At the end of the day, the the tape tells you what you need to know yeah. for the most part. Unless you have a guy that's you know, playing uh, uh, against a bunch of scrubs. And so it, it's kind of a visual uh, uh, mirage because yeah. he's beating guys who are terrible, right? But other than that, you got somebody who's playing in Oklahoma, playing in a big division, playing yeah. in big games. Usually you're going to see whether he's a good player or not. But a 5-6 dog. <laughs> a 5-6? <laughs> I mean, that is your best. <laughs> I, I give him the 18 reps. Yeah. On on, on the, the bench press. Bench press wasn't my favorite thing either. I ended up getting 24 some kind of way, but that's neither here nor there. 18 reps, okay, fine. Five, six dog. <laughs> like they Five, almost eight. cut the commercial in the middle of your fucking 40 time because it took too long. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't know how you do that. How did you end up running a five six at the combine? I'd have fucking pull a hamstring coming out the gate. Yeah. Because here's the thing. <laughs> if he's been training before now, he already knows what his 40 time is. <laughs> when I came out, I had somebody I trained with. They always gonna clock you in a 40 before you get to the combine to see around what you're gonna run. Uh -huh. So you trying to tell me. You went to Indianapolis. You got on the plane knowing you was going to run a 5-6 dog. <laughs> Man, listen, I'd have had all, all kind of ice on my hamstring. Oh, no, I pulled it the other week. I can't run. <laughs> but you sat right there and said, no, nah, I'm going to run this 40. I'm ready. I got it. And ran a 5-6 dog. <laughs> like, I, I don't get that. I don't, and, and if I was somebody evaluating him, that would bother the shit out of me before, before uh, lead up to the draft. I don't care how good... His tape is, again, it's not about, okay, he's just too slow to play offensive tackle. This is about, for me, you couldn't have possibly been working out and ran a fucking 5-6, dog. Yeah. You just can't. I don't believe that. 
I don't believe that you played at Oklahoma as a left tackle and played well. I haven't seen his tape, but I understand everybody saying he's playing. He played well. And you worked your ass off, and the best you could do was a five, six, dog. <laughs> now, you're going to have to give me a doctor's note and tell me you were sick with a serious illness. You know, maybe yeah. you, you had this badass flu everybody been getting or something. Because otherwise, I'm going to just, I, I'm a, in my heart, I'm going to believe. I don't care what you tell me. I'm going to be looking at you listening and nodding my head. I'm going to be like, this is a lazy motherfucker right here. <laughs> He's lazy. He got yelled at by coaches at the combine for right, loafing. Right, yelling at you. And, 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 and who does that? <laughs> like, coaches <laughs> like to yell. I'm going to give you the secret. Oh, coaches yeah. like to yell. So they're going to find something to yell about in a way. But you won't want to be the guy who only had 18 bench reps Ran a five fucking six and then get yelled at by the coaches, dog. Again, what does that tell you if you can't finish the drills? Yeah. You ain't been working out. You ain't been running. You ain't been doing anything to get ready for what you about to have to do. Because here's the thing. Everybody think, oh, the draft is the end. No, the draft is the fucking beginning for these kids, really. Because as soon yeah. as the draft over with, next week is minicamp. Yep. Then after that is OTAs. Then after that is another minute camp. Then y'all for a little while. Then you gotta come back for for training camp in July. Bam! It's that fast for them. Yeah. Right. They go out and get you know drunk and have a good time for their draft party and all that. Next week, you, you, you trying to for him, he gonna be trying to block a a, a wide nine technique in shorts. <laughs> so you ain't got time to get in shape. You supposed to be in yeah. shape around now. And you ran a five, six dog. And then they yelling at you, finish the drill. Come on, dog. You can't do that. You cannot do that, man. Because look, and I told you, I'm not one of these people who get excited or depressed by somebody's uh combine workout. Yeah. For the most part, usually all it's gonna do is confirm what you see on tape anyway. If you watch tape the right way, usually won't be that many surprises. Yeah. In the first place. Every once in a while, you might have a receiver. Maybe you think it's a little bit uh, uh, faster than he is, or maybe you think it's a little bit slower than he tests. Yeah. Because we all know testing, running a 40 is not the same thing as running down the field. No. A five, six dog. <laughs> oh, I can't get over that. I can't. <laughs> I, I done seen a bunch of slow dudes run a 40. I don't think I've ever seen somebody run a five, six. Maybe they got on the old beta cam or something like that. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, the old school nine millimeter tape or something. You had somebody run the five six. I don't since we actually have people, it's a whole industry now, uh, uh of guys who train players for the combine specifically. Yeah. All the all the top tier guys usually, you know, they go to these track coaches and stuff. And that's why you see these big 340-pound dudes with track shoes on and track stances for the 40. Because they got people who do that now. And you still ran a five, six dog. <laughs> I got I got to know, you got to give me a reason for that. And you're not going to tell me that you worked your ass off. You worked real hard and ran a five, six. That just, that ain't going to compute for me. No. <laughs> and like, just to be clear, it's like, this isn't like, I mean, this isn't some, you know, fringe prospect who was at the Combine from, you know, Northeast Oklahoma State. I mean, he was from Oklahoma, you know, widely considered to be by a lot of people a first-round draft pick. 
well, had been before the Combine considered to be a first-round draft pick, or, you know, on the fringe of that group at least. And, like, then to come into the Combine and <laughs> have all that. <laughs> well, I still, look, there's a people got him rated real high, right? Yeah. I, again, I haven't seen his tape. I'm certainly going to get to it, though. You can believe your ass that <laughs> We will be having an Orlando breakdown, Orlando Brown breakdown around this part. Because I got to see. I got to ch- try to figure out how did this compute what I saw at your combine versus your tape. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm just very curious. I, I got to know. I got to know how does this translate because, again, you got to understand, like, like I said, there is how, how many people go to the combine every year? How many people are invited? You know, I know it's a lot. Uh, it's like 350 or something like that. I something think. like that. So you multiply that by 10. Yeah. And that's the last 10 years. I know for sure the last 10 years ain't nobody ran that so <laughs> How can you have an, a, a historically bad workout like that? I don't get it. When I came out, I was fortunate. I had a real good trainer. But, like, we had to find that guy. And it just kind of fell into my lap. Uh, uh, Dean Lotz, who used to train for uh, Memphis State, now University of Memphis. He was their uh, strength coach for a long time. Real wide-respected guy, right? Uh And he helped me. So, first of all, I know if I got that kind of help back then, way back 20 years ago, I know good and hell well they got way better than that now. So, again, if you're telling me that's the best you got, what the hell was you running before you started training? Was you running <laughs> a six flat? I mean, what, what did this guy do? Do you need to ask for your money back? Do you want a refund from whoever was training you? Or were you training at all? Because I them the only two scenarios I can get. Well, three. Like I said, very serious illness. I ain't talking about no cold. Or you just had an allergic reaction. I'm talking about something that might have had you in the hospital overnight, yeah, or you didn't train at all, or you train hard as hell, but you used to run a six flat, and now you run a five six. So I ought to be happy that you don't run a six flat no more. <laughs> I'm just trying to understand, like I'm trying to map, wrap, wrap my mind around it because it's just so bad. It's the same way if a guy ran a fucking four one and then had a vertical leap of forty five, and then you know had a three cone of three nine. If you got a historically great uh, workout, everybody's going to notice that too. Yeah. Like, yeah, it is amazing. So if you have a historically bad workout, well, shit, we're going to notice that also. We're going to try to figure that out. Because I I don't understand. I don't get it. I I wasn't a fast dude, man, but five, six? (laughs) I I can get a five, six with a light jog right now. I'm I'm just saying (laughs) That's Roger Goodell ran it faster than that. In a suit. In a fucking suit. On on carpet. In a fucking building. With your shoes on. (laughs) Come on, man. Oh, man. Like I said, I hope we hear, you know, he had the flu and he was trying to tough it out. But, you know, like I said, you got the combination of that and you brought up combination of the five and six. And then right after that. He ain't finishing drills. Got coaches yelling at him in front of everybody, right? Those coaches, they all, like I said, they love to yell, but they don't like embarrassing guys in that situation yeah. on national TV. 
But they was like, you need to come on. When a coach got to holler out, come on, hey, man, that, that ain't good. <laughs> you at the combine trying to make money and hear somebody say, come on, you doing it wrong. On national TV. Oh, man. That's going to get replayed over and over. Wherever he gets drafted uh, this year, they're going to play that shit over and over again. Oh, Every time he gets beat in the NFL, they're going to say, well, he did run a 5-6. That's going to be on his Wikipedia page forever. Oh, I mean, it's going to get that video is going to get played on draft. I mean, can you imagine being at his draft party in April? Like that video is going to come up. That video is going to be on TV at least way more than once. Five or six times at least wherever he gets drafted, if he gets drafted now. No, nah, he's going to get drafted, but yeah, he, uh, what, what round? I think <laughs> remains a mystery. And like you said, you know, he might be having a big draft party, popping bottles and everything. Here it comes. <laughs> And you show that long ass 40 yard dance. I mean, it's not cool. It's not cool. I can't even imagine it. I can't even imagine it, but he's going to have to figure something out, man. Because, look, I, 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 don't, I don't. When you're that, how? I, I, I'm just befuddled. <laughs> I really am befuddled. I almost want to just drop everything and go right to his tape, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to get him for a while. But I don't understand how you can be one of the top prospects and run that slow. I, I don't get it. I wouldn't run. I wouldn't run. I I run in my personal workout. And then I'd have came up with an excuse. You're an offensive lineman. Who gives a shit anyway? To be told, if he don't run the 40, nobody on earth would have guessed he'd have ran a 5-6. Not nobody. No. Even people who hated him, the, the, the Oklahoma fan that thought he sucked yeah. or an opposing fan that thought he was too good, whatever it is, Tennessee fans. Mad because he transferred. Whatever. And if you'd have polled everybody, wasn't nobody going to guess a 5-6? Five, 5-6, six. Five, six, dog. I, I can't get over it. I just can't. <laughs> and if I was sitting in the draft room, every time somebody brought his name up, that's what I'd be like. I'd be like, 5-6, dog. Really? <laughs> that's what y'all want? A 5-6? Okay. All right, y'all can do what you want to do. I'm just saying. It's a 5-6, dog. <laughs> Oh man, I just I like that really. I mean, to me, it's it's kind of funny to have a combine perform like you have those combine performances this year where just like guys just like like Shaq Griffin or Barkley just like just blow it off the doors across the board, and then man, you get the exact opposite with Orlando Brown <laughs> in a year where everyone's talking about how fast everyone is at the combine. <laughs> Seriously, like basically, he messed up the rotation because if he did. If he'd have ran 5-2, we ain't even really talking about nothing oh, other yeah. than him get drafted in the first round right now. And trust me, a 5-2 is not really that fast either. No. But a 5-6, man, you, you basically have made yourself the talk of the combine. Now everybody got to look at everything else. Oh, the 18 uh, bench press drill. Oh, they're yelling at him on on, on uh, <laughs> you know, on field drill. I was scared to even look at his uh, three-cone. Because the three-cone, you're supposed to do it fast, but it kind of take a lot out of you. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I bet he ran a really bad free throw. I, I'm just going off of intuition. I, I don't even want to see it because I just, you know, I got a feeling it was terrible. <laughs> oh, 
and the horror, the horror of that, man, I just can't even. We'll we'll see what happens on draft day, but it's it's going to be something we hear about again and again. I guarantee you that. Oh yeah, it's going to keep coming up. But again, <laughs> you know, if he plays his ass off, good for him. Yeah. But this is going to be something. If he every time he misses a block, it's going to come up. Oh yeah. It's like a built-in segue. Oh yeah. Yeah. And if, if Gruden was still doing Monday Night Football, this guy, he ran a 5-6 <laughs> every time you miss a block. And this guy, he'd be the only guy that he he consistently <laughs> criticized every Monday night. Well, well, everybody else is great, but this guy, you know, he, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that's really saying something. <laughs> Cause you gotta you gotta really do something wrong to get Gruden, the commentator Gruden, to criticize you. Oh man! Well, we'll have we'll have a uh, plenty more draft in the the coming weeks to talk about. I just just looked up his pro day is going to be March fourteenth, so that's next week. We'll be uh, be interested to see if <laughs> maybe he's just going to stand on his combine number. <laughs> I can't do any better than what I did in Indianapolis. So I'm not I mean, that. listen, you're rocking a hard place, right? Because the last thing you want to do is run some more five sixes. Or, or, you know, please don't run anything slower than that, right? So if there's any, again, like I said, they knew what he was running before he got to Indianapolis. There's no way he didn't run a 40 before then, a time 40 where somebody said, hey, bro, you run a five six. So, you know, if he miraculously got faster, sure. But it, 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 that's an impossible choice. Do you run five sixes again, knowing that that's just how fast you run? Yeah. Or do you stand on your combine numbers and pretend that, no, I could have ran fast. I just don't want to. <laughs> Which is the worst one? I don't even know. <laughs> oh, man. What a situation. <laughs> Oh, let's see. I mean, that's really what we got next week. We're gonna have uh, we're gonna be in the thick of things with free agency. I mean, it actually starts the fourteenth, which I can't remember if that's Wednesday or Thursday off the top of my head. I think it's Wednesday. So we will. Uh, oh no, it's Thursday. So we're gonna be having. I suspect. We, oh, it's no. I'm sorry. It is Wednesday. But we'll be a. Uh, we'll have a. We'll have a lot of. It'll be a busy week ahead in the NFL because don't forget we get the tampering period this week too and. If all these teams are starting to make trades and stuff now, anyway, so it'll be a it'd be a busy one. It should be at least. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> we'll take it. Right. <laughs> oh, Stephen, uh, we're about at the hour mark, so we uh, we'll wrap it up and pick it up again next week. What do you say? Sounds good.